All right. Recording? Uh, confirmed. All right. Ready? Yeah, how's my audio, by the way? Sound good. How's my audio? Am I all right? Good. All right. Here we go. Back into it. <clears throat> Let's do it. You are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. It's been a long and glorious championship offseason, but that is in the rearview mirror because the last time I checked, it is late July, early August, and training camp is underway. I cannot be more excited to be back here on the airways with you talking all things Patriots. I am Alex Shane here with my good buddy, Rich Hill. Rich, lots to get to today. we got a preseason game coming up. we got some rookies on the roster. we got some free agents on the roster. All are practicing, but first and foremost, most importantly... How the hell you been, man? Oh, I'm great. It's 2019. 2018's in the past. What we did in 2018 doesn't matter anymore, all right? It's all about the work that we put in right now for the rest of the season, Alec. What, how I felt last month doesn't matter. Two months ago doesn't care. You know, it's how we're doing for the rest of the year, and I am excited about that. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm a little scared at how quick it's going gonna lie i feel like it was just march and we were getting ready to talk about the draft and all that stuff we were gonna take a couple of weeks off and then reassess and now <laughs> we haven't really talked in like a couple months and here we are it's training camp already and we're already into august it's almost tom brady's birthday just lots going on but the really exciting thing about it for me rich is as of this week there is football at least one game every single week from now until february so the long drought of spending time with friends and family is at last come to an end yeah right i'm excited to not talk to people for about six hours every single sunday uh, that's really good for my health, so <laughs> I'm excited, though. I, I'm going to be honest. I feel like the preseason <laughs> is one of my favorite parts of the football year, uh, along with free agency in the draft, because I feel the team building is so fun. You know, once the wheels are in motion during the regular season, you know, you have the standard ups and downs, but once you get to decide who the characters are going to be for the upcoming year... That's where the magic's made, and so that's why I love the preseason. This is where you're able to pick out the certain players that are going to be your sweethearts. You know, that's where we found our Malcolm Mitchells, and I'm excited to talk about who these players are for this upcoming year and breaking down this roster with you. Yeah, let's get right into it, because the first preseason game is a week from today in Detroit, so let's get into that. But before we talk about the preseason, we'll do next week in our next week's podcast. It is now week two of training camp, Rich. The Patriots are suited up. They are out there in pads. There are thousands upon thousands of fans storming the gates to watch people run around and run patterns, which always blows me away in the best possible way. But it's exciting stuff for sure. Where do you want to start with this preseason, these training camp things? What do you want, what do you want to talk to you about first? Well, let, let's look at one of the more surprising players that's out there running these routes. Uh, quarterback Danny Etling, who was the Patriots' <laughs> seventh-round pick last year, clearly was going to be fighting for a roster spot because the Patriots invested a fourth-round pick in Jarrett Stidham, uh, who is definitely going to be a roster lock this year due to his draft stock. Etling, seemingly out of a roster position, apparently at various points last year for the practice squad was acting as a receiver and as a running back. And now he's really converting into a full-time receiver, helping out on special teams. He's kind of turning himself into a, a super scout team sort of player. He's doing what 
however he can to make the team. Uh, that's probably one of the more surprising changes that we've seen uh, this late in the year. Quarterback turned wide receiver. That never works. What's Belichick thinking? Oh, yeah, it's a preposterous idea. No one will ever see this through. But, you know, if there were a player to do it, uh, Etling has some pretty good size. I, I was actually looking at what his uh, like his athleticism numbers were coming out of the draft and comparing it to some other players. He's like uh, he's like I've got a tight end body out there. You know, he's like 6'3", 235. He has 4'7 speed. He's got, you know, a little over seven second three cone time. So he's not fast like a receiver. He's not going to be the same player as like, say, a Julian Edelman. But if he can go out there and be, you know, like a Trey Burton type tight end receiver blocker, any of all those things. I don't know. Maybe it'll take some time for him to learn that role. But if he's on the practice squad for another season, maybe there's hope for him as like a jackknife of all trades in, in 2020. Well, let's talk about the receiver position, Mitch, while we're on the subject of, of that lane, taking grabs at receiver. Because receiver, I think, is one of the more intriguing camp storylines coming into 2019. There is Julian Edelman, who is currently not practicing due to a hand injury. There is a Demarius Thomas who who knows what he's going to be like coming off his injury. He's 31 years old. He's kind of banged up. After that, there's Dontrell Inman. He's a big guy, but he's not been standing out. There's the first-round draft pick, Nikhil Harry, who I keep calling Keneal Harry. I'm going to have to shake myself at that. <laughs> but after that, those, those are kind of – and Josh Gordon, of course, is the, the big question mark. Philip Dorsett, Braxton Berrios, Ryan Davis, not a lot of big names at receiver position, Rich. And I'm not exactly sure who's going to be on the final roster of receivers for Tom Brady come September. Yeah, I, I would say that there's only three receivers that I would say are definitely roster locks, assuming that we're considering Matthew Slater a special teams guy. Edelman is a lock. He just got his extension. He's going to be around. Nikhil Harry was their first-round pick. He's obviously making the team. And then Philip Dorsett got a one-year prove-it deal, so he's also definitely going to make the team. Beyond those three... I would say that Maurice Harris has the best chance to not just make the team, but have a really serious impact. Uh, watching how he was able to produce down the stretch for Washington last year and how they utilized him in the slot to a lot of success, but also he's able to line up outside. He's got a, a Brandon LaFell type quality, but maybe a little bit more of a, I don't know, it seems like more athleticism. I feel like LaFell could have, was a little bit stiff in the hips sometimes in the open field. I feel like Maurice Harris got a little bit more of a, a pop to his run. So I would expect Maurice Harris to not just make the roster, but become one of Tom Brady's favorite targets because he's already developing a really good rapport over the first bit of training camp. And uh, there's, it's, honestly, it's his for the taking because while both Harry and Dorsett are roster locks, they aren't, you know, they, they're not Edelman. They don't have a definite spot in the starting lineup. They're all up for grabs. I'm glad you mentioned Harris because I think Harris and Dontrell Inman, of those two players, they've run in from outside. Um, Inman was over at Indy and Harris at Washington. They are identical. They both had 28 grabs last year, which is nothing. They're both 6'3", 205 pounds. But Inman, I have not heard a single thing about Inman coming into training camp. While I've heard Harry has been running Chris Brutes, he hasn't dropped any passes. He's also four years younger than Inman, which definitely goes a long way. And I feel like he's the kind of guy that he comes in. I think he's the he's the 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 Keyshawn Martin, the the Brandon LaFell, the 
what Chad Ochocinco was supposed to be. I think he's the kind of guy he's, he's got. He's got the football intelligence. And assuming we have a receiving core that is in a a four wide receiver set, Nikhil Harry, Philip Dorsett, Julian Edelman, he's probably that fourth guy lining up in the slot. He can go out wide if he has to. I'm not sure, and I, I imagine they'll be doing a lot more receiver heavy sets given the depth at tight end, which we'll talk about in a minute. But, yeah, I mean, I think in a very crowded receiving uh, roster lineup here, there really isn't a lot of locks, uh, which makes me worried about everyone's kind of preseason darling from last year, Braxton Berrios, who we're all rooting for really hard as a late-round short white receiver who's shifty. (laughs) Uh, Any news on him, Rich? Yeah, I mean, he hasn't really been standing out one way or another. He hasn't been bad, uh, but he also hasn't been great. And when you have a player like Maurice Harris, who's really standing out, that means that those are four wide receivers ahead of him in the lineup. And I'm sure, I don't know what Demarius Thomas has in store, but just based off of his past production, I would probably take Demarius Thomas over Braxton Berrios should Demarius Thomas be activated. Um, But I would say also uh, an undrafted rookie who has stood out more than Braxton Berrios, who also plays in the slot, is Jacoby Myers, who comes out of NC State. He's taller than Berrios. You know, he's a big guy. Maybe, you know, if you you can remember Marquise Colston in the slot, you know, a 6'3 kind of receiver. Um, I don't think Colson was actually that tall, but, you know, a bigger slot receiver than your Wes Welkers of the world. Um, and, and Jacoby Myers has been standing out, plays a similar role in the slot. And so when Berrios is not in the top three slot receivers during camp, you know, if, if we put Edelman, Harris and Myers ahead of him, that's not looking good for his chances of making the actual roster come opening week. No, it's true. Uh, if you're funny of, of the of the 13 or so wide receivers on the roster, uh, 10 of them are over six feet, which is an interesting stat because the Patriots are getting bigger. They're getting bigger offensive line, they're getting bigger at receiver, and they're getting bigger at running back. I think they're going to run the ball a lot more, which is a good enough transition to any to another interesting positional grouping in training camp, the running back position. They're pretty set at the top of the depth chart with Sony Michelle and James White as the kind of between the tackles back and the receiving back, respectively. But they drafted Damian Harris in the third round. He's probably going to make the team. Rex Burkhead was very productive when healthy. They brought back Brandon Bolden. Where do you see the receiving, uh, excuse me, the running back shaking out, Rich? And do you think they'll carry this many running backs come, come opening day? I do. I, I do expect them to have five running backs, especially because they're going to shortchange some of their tight ends. I'm sure they can look at James Devlin and say, all right, if we need to have an extra blocker on the field, I'd rather take J- James Devlin over most of these tight ends. And you also have to recognize that both Rex Burkhead and Sonny Michelle have their injury histories. Uh, you know, Michelle just returned to practice, but he has his questionable knees Burkhead has been in and out of the Patriots lineup so you don't want to be at a situation where New England was at the middle of last year when Daryl Patterson was the running back for two games they're, they're going to avoid that especially because uh they just need to have that running game present you know and not saying that the, the running game is more important than the past but New England really does rely on their running backs inside the the red zone to ensure that Tom Brady doesn't take unnecessary hits. They just punch him in at the goal line. Um, But they also are one of the few teams that intentionally game plans their running backs as receivers, specifically talking about James White, but also Rex Burkhead. I would include Damian Harris in that as well due to his experience catching the ball. So if you put all of those players out there as potential receivers, that could definitely make up for some lost ground in talent at the tight end position. 
So I'm glad you brought up Damien Harris, the running back out of Alabama, because he's one of the more intriguing draft picks for me. They were on record several times saying when a player is talented on the, on the draft board, you take him. They didn't really have a position of need in the third round when they took him, so it made a lot of sense. But I, I haven't quite managed to figure out how he's going to fit into the into the Patriots' backfield. He's definitely going to earn carries. Um, Michelle is just easing back in, as you said. But I'm not sure if he'll have a, a large role on the offense. Do you think Damian Harris will be kind of the guy? He's a roster lock. He's a third rounder. But they'll kind of keep him in reserve in case his injuries pile up, like you mentioned. Or will he get legitimate carries throughout the season? Uh, that will be up to him. I know that's the most Belichick answer I can give. But, um, yeah, I mean, if, if there are no injuries to other players, Michelle really proved that he could run the ball. No one's going to beat out James White as the receiving back. And Rex Burkhead has that ability as both the runner and the receiver that the Patriots like to rely on inside the red zone because it gives them that additional versatility. I would say that Harris might be the ultimate replacement for Burkhead after this year. Uh, I don't know if, if Burkhead gets injured again, then the Patriots probably will move on from him. And Harris gives New England that sort of versatility and backup and depth that they really need. And I think what's also important is the fact that the Patriots really liked Harris. Uh, there are some rumors that they had a first round grade on him last year. You know, they might have liked him just as much as Sony Michelle, but Harris decided to go back to school. And so when they saw someone with his talent, available in the third round they're like well we might as well get another one of these guys might as well and then maybe harris and michelle can form a two-headed monster for the next four years um i think it's great i i think i don't know if he will have a big role i wouldn't be surprised if he were a healthy scratch because brandon bolden will probably get the activity on game day due to his special teams ability but barring an injury i don't really see a path for harris to be super involved in the offense no, I'm with you. I mean, I think it definitely is an injury kind of stash. And like I said earlier, I think as the NFL defenses get smaller, we're seeing a lot of shifty, quick linebackers and a lot of smaller middle tier guys uh, and, and nickel packages and dime packages. I think the Patriots are once again going ahead by going back and going really old school, playing a lot of smash mouth football. Like I said, big at the receiver, loaded running back backfield. They're not going to have too many guys carrying the ball too many times. So they stay fresh throughout the season and they'll probably win a lot of really boring grinding out games this season which i love it's an old school smash mouth football that excels in the red zone the problem with that rich in order to have a really good solid smash mouth run first team a lot of times you need a good tight end and unless my notes are mistaken the tight end who is by far getting the most reps seeing the most action and has the best rapport with tom brady is the 38 year old ben watson back on the team <laughs> after a trip around the nfl the saints the Ravens, he's been all over the place, and it's been Matt Lacoste after him, and there's a pretty big drop-off following that. I know they brought in Lance Kendricks from, from Green Bay, but I've heard nothing on him. Ryan Izzo still on the team as far as I remember. Andrew Beck is a potential training camp sleeper, as you like to call it, but I'm still as clueless as I was when Gronk retired with a tight end position. You and I both thought they'd address it somehow. They really haven't. So what's going on with the tight end position, Rich? Well, I thought they made a really good move when they signed Austin Safarian. Oh, sorry, what was that? What was that? Oh, oh, he, he's no longer with the team? Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. So the uh, the Patriots are a little bit shorthanded at tight end. Um, 
Watson is also suspended for the first four games of the season because he thought he was going to retire and started taking uh, medicine that was on the prohibited list until the New England started to call. And then the Patriots are like, yeah, take that four-week hiatus. Save your body for the playoffs. Sounds good to me. Uh, And then, yeah, you're right. Matt Lacoste has been the top tight end. Otherwise, they brought in Lance Kendricks, but he kind of walked off the field with like a potential leg, lower leg, foot sort of thing today on 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 Wednesday. But... We'll see if that was serious, what the actual deal is there. Haven't heard much out of Ryan Izzo. Steven Anderson has put on some weight. He was on the practice squad last uh, year and put on weight in a good way. He was like 230 pounds, which is very light for a tight end. And he's hoping to be able to block a little bit better. But this entire competition is completely wide open. I have no idea who's going to win it. And that's what the preseason's best for. You know, that's, that's why you have to watch the games because... They're going to have to earn it out there on Sunday or like Thursday, I guess. That's when preseason <laughs> games happen. And yeah, it, it's open season for everyone. I would expect Matt Lacoste to have the inside lane. But honestly, if the Patriots decide to carry just one or two tight ends, I wouldn't be surprised. No, neither would I. It's a total departure from what we had before with the greatest tight end of all time. Happy retirement, Gronk. Maybe it comes back. I'm still holding on hold for that, Rich, but... It's getting less and less likely as I see how skinny he's gotten in the offseason, but that's all right. <laughs> uh, there's one more position before – I want to talk about the defense a little bit, Rich, but there's one more position I want to talk about. I feel like we talk about it every single year in training camp, and that is the position of punter. Uh, Ryan Allen has been a very reliable punter for the Patriots for several seasons now. And when he beat out Zoltan Mesko, everyone thought it was a, a total kind of crew. No one saw it coming. But now we find ourselves in a scenario where there's a pretty legit punting battle going on, and the rookie Jake Bailey apparently is crushing it with his distance and his hang time and his placement, and Ryan Allen could be on the chopping block. Yeah, it's true, which blows my mind because Ryan Allen could very well have been one of the top three contenders for Super Bowl MVP, you know, right behind Edelman, Stephon Gilmore, might have been Ryan Allen for how great of a job he did punting out there. But the Patriots, they wanted to move on from him. They've been trying to for the past few years. That Last year, they wanted to get Corey Bohorquez on the practice squad and try to move on from Ryan Allen. And the Buffalo Bills swiped him, so the Patriots couldn't retain Bohorquez. And so Allen stuck around, did a fine job. And you look at what's been happening with Ryan Allen, and he's fine. He's like... A fine puncher. He's known he'll have like one jaw dropping punch a year, but he has not shown much improvement over his time in the NFL. He deserves to be in the NFL by every single means. He'll, he'll definitely land on a team should he be released, but the Patriots want to do a little bit better on their special teams, especially after a hairy start to the beginning of last year. And so they brought in Jake Bailey, fifth round pick out of Stanford. Definitely going to make the team in my mind because the hang time on his punts have been regularly beating Ryan Allen by nearly a second. It's unbelievable how much hang time he's getting on those punts, and that makes it so much easier for the special teams guys, the gunners, to get underneath the ball, make sure that the return man doesn't get anywhere with it once he has it in his hands. But just as, if not more importantly, he's also doing kickoffs. And that, in my mind, is his biggest value because... You know, Ryan Allen's not a bad punter. He is fine. And if Jake ba- Jake Bailey is just as good of a punter as Ryan Allen, the fact that Jake Bailey can do kickoffs and allow Steven Goskowski to return his focus to just taking field goals and extra points should have a really strong t- trickle-down effect because 
as soon as Goskowski started focusing his kickoffs on ball placement as opposed to touchbacks. That really affected his motion and his ability and consistency on the point kicks. And so if you can allow Goskowski to roll back time and just focus on those kicks again, New England special teams will really settle down and get back to being one of the best in the league, which is what Belichick wants, because deep down he's a special teams guy and he takes great pride in them being the best. I'm not going to lie, Rich. It all makes a lot of sense. But there's one crucial detail you failed to mention to our beloved fans, and that is that Bailey is a right-footed punter. Oh, it's true. I forgot to mention that. You know, it's a, it's a, I catch everyone sleeping while they're expecting a lefty. That must be it, because if Jake Bailey is the, the punter of the Patriots, he'll be the first right-footed punter since what, Ken Walter back in 2002. Uh, <laughs> I really, I'll have to go back and check out my notes. I don't know who the, when the last time the Patriots had a right-footed punter. Belichick loves lefties. They spin the ball differently. But based on the hang time, I guess it doesn't even matter. I'm always excited to see things. This is why it's great to be a Patriots fan. Other teams are like, who's going to start a quarterback? And are we going to win six games? And hearing you and I talking about, like, who's going to be the punter for the Patriots this year? <laughs> and it's great. Yeah. So that's uh, a quick little brief rundown of the offense. We didn't get into it too deeply because there's still a lot of training camp to go. You don't want to start breaking things down too early, especially with the preseason game coming up. But I want to talk about the defense real quick, Rich, before we, we sign off. The big standout to me, besides Stephon Gilmore, who is already apparently in midseason form, has been uh, new acquisition Michael Bennett. He missed a couple days early for non-injury reasons, personal reasons, came back in and has been disrupting things, wreaking havoc all over the place. Very pleasantly surprised. I am personally not a Michael Bennett fan. I never really have been. Don't really like his playing style. I think he's too quick to jump off sides. Um, not going to mention his off-field antics. I'm not really a big Michael Bennett guy, so I'm reluctantly rooting for him. But – if the proof's in the pudding, I'm very pleased with what I've seen from so far to him. Yeah, I think he also provides the versatility that the Patriots always like in their defensive ends in a way that they haven't really had before. You know, what made Trey Flowers so great is that he gave the Patriots so much flexibility on their defensive front that they could run the 4-3 and he could play on the end. They could run the 3-4 and he could kick to the inside, where he did a good job. I mean, Trey Flowers was solid, but... Michael Bennett has better size for that. I'm saying that maybe he's not going to be as good as uh, as uh, Trey Flowers on the end at a 4-3, but he's better suited for kicking to the inside when the Patriots go to an odd man front. And that's when they typically drop Kyle Van Noy to the line of scrimmage or Dante Hightower. So I think Bennett should give the Patriots a lot of flexibility on the inside. Uh, or I should say on the defensive line. And when you pair them up with players like Lawrence Guy and Mike Pennell, those are three players that have the flexibility to go between a 3-4 front and a 4-3. And New England should have the personnel this year to have more flexibility in their defensive front than they've had in the longest time I can remember. Especially because I feel like if things work out the way that they should or the way that they could based on the, the draft picks and the signings, this is a very solid linebacking core as well. Dante Hightower will be anchoring it, obviously, but with Kyle Van Noy coming off his best playoff performance ever. Jamie Collins is back in the mix, which I am so curious to see not only what they do with him, but how he plays, whether he can gain his his earlier form. Um, they had the Jawan Bentley, who was probably the best player in the Patriots in the early part of the season last year before going on IR. And all these guys coming back off the rookie campaigns, where they were redshirted or had the Foxborough flu, whatever it is, so much depth that 
at linebacker, and Belichick loves linebackers, and having that flexibility will allow for a lot of flexibility on the front line as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, of the players you mentioned, Juwan Bentley and Landon Roberts are probably the least flexible of the linebackers. They're going to be in the middle no matter what happens. But you have players like Jamie Collins and Dante Hightower and Kyle Van Noy. You can even throw in Christian Sam, who's going to be a long shot to make the team, and Shalik Calhoun. These are linebackers that can play off the ball as well as towards the line of scrimmage. And so when we're talking about giving the Patriots flexibility up front to have that four-man front or allow uh, Michael Bennett to kind of kick towards the inside, you have so many opportunities to move around on the offensive front and not give the other team the mismatch that they might want to get. Because, you know, Kyle Van Noy can drop to the line of scrimmage on one side and Hightower can do it on the other. So whichever side the running back lines up to try and take away the chip block, the Patriots can mess with them and run the other guy. So getting that flexibility up front should be a lot of fun. I am curious to know who or what will happen on the defensive side from a play calling perspective. I know that Gerard Mayo has been calling the plays from a script, so he isn't really making decisions out there, but he is the one with the headset on during camp and Belichick says he's going to be more involved. This is a defense that I would have loved to see have a couple years under Brian Flores. I am going to miss Brian Flores because last year's defense was so much fun to watch. Uh, but I will be curious to see what happens and how these players are utilized. No, for sure. It's it's so fun to again. I used to be so nervous with the preseason because I was like scared about injuries, and then I'd get really amped up for preseason games. I'm like, who cares? It's the preseason. But now I'm in a, in a point where after all these rings and these championships, it's really fun to watch these guys develop and kind of the next generation of Patriots players find their footing on this team. And it's also very refreshing for it's been a couple of years now, Rich. So I'm not I'm getting used to it, but still very refreshing. I'm not sitting here talking with you about who the hell the Pats are going to start at defensive back. And who's in the secondary? <laughs> what the hell? They're, it's just so nice to have that. It's interesting. There's the Duke Dawson is a real question mark at secondary, but Stephon Gilmore is locked in at that number one spot. Jonathan Jones has been lights out in the number two spot. They've got uh, the McCordy brothers are going to be back. I'm very pleased with the secondary uh, cornerbacks and safety this year, Rich. I mean, we're at a point where, as you said, Duke Dawson, a second round pick last year might not even make the team. I'm sure that the Patriots would find yeah. a, a potential trade partner with him, but if we're running down the, the, the cornerback depth chart, you got Stephon Gilmore, he's a lock. Jason McCourty is a lock. J.C. Jackson is probably a lock. Jonathan Jones is probably a lock. Joe Juan Williams is a lock. He was a second-round pick this year. Those are five. Keon Crossan probably could make the team. Obi Melifonwu has been doing a great job as, you know, a safety cornerback, just general defensive back this year in camp. D'Angelo Ross has all of the makings of your traditional undrafted rookie that makes an impact on special teams. So they have so much talent back there. Never mind the fact that you add in Devin McCourty, Patrick Chung, Deron Harmon, uh, and Terrence Brooks is definitely going to be a lock, but he's more of a special teams guy. You just have so much potential back there that, Duke Dawson might not even make the team. And uh, the Patriots have had a pretty difficult track record of having to let go NFL caliber talent from their cornerback rooms over the past few years. I mean, 
You look at how many players have turned into starters. Dell Roberts is a starter for the New York Jets. Uh, Cravon LeBlanc has become an impact starter as well. Kenny Moore just got a huge extension with the Indianapolis Colts. So you have so many players that have been unable to crack the Patriots roster that are NFL caliber players. I'm just curious to know who's going to be that player this year, not out of like frustration because you can't feel bad about how the Patriots secondary has been producing. It's more just a, like a, not even a morbid curiosity, just like a, a dark curiosity of like, who's going to be the next big thing that New England lets go. Yep. There's always one that let go that we're surprised about. And there's always one or two that comes out of nowhere and shines that we're surprised about in a good way. Uh, I'll close with that right before I let you go. Who, if you had to pick one player, where he's he's kind of a make or break preseason for him. He's got to shine in training camp, or he's probably going to be shown the door. If you had to pick one guy who's got the most, uh, the biggest spotlight on him, the biggest hot seat, if you will, who do you think it is and why? Ooh, that is a great question. Um, I'm going to turn my focus to Derek Rivers. Uh, yeah. All signs point to him having a strong preseason so far he's running with the first team at various times but he battled I mean he was injured his rookie season and then he wasn't able to carve out a role last year as a sophomore and he was a third round pick so he's at the end of his you know free ride rope that you get from being a premium draft pick Patriots let go of third round picks in their third year regularly and so if he's not able to make it He's got a very difficult depth chart that he's battling against. Michael Bennett, John Simon, Dietrich Wise, Chase Winovich are four players that I would say are ahead of him in the depth chart. And then you add in the flexibility of a Kyle Van Noy, a Jamie Collins, and a Dante Hightower to also play on the front lines in an odd man front. If Derek Rivers can't make that kind of transition or that development and that next leap forward... I think this could be the end for him. Yeah, that's a good one. I think that's a very solid pick. Um, funny, I'm glad you mentioned Jamie Collins because he's actually my pick for this. I know it's maybe a, a little bit uh, orthodox pick, but I'm not 100% sold on what Jamie Collins can do, honestly. Uh, I think he might be past his prime athletically, which which happens very easily. He might have some Cleveland Browns stank still on him. It doesn't quite <laughs> rub off. Um, but it's a very crowded back uh, linebacker core. And Jamie Collins was let go because he was freelancing. He wasn't following the playbook as well. He was kind of doing his own thing. And that's not how it works in the Bill Belichick run defense. I'm hoping he learned his lesson. I'm hoping he can come back and be the, the athletic freak that we knew and loved. But I'm not 100% sold on him being on the team uh, come September. So hopefully he can prove me wrong. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good one as well. I mean, it is also a super jammed linebacker group. Uh, and if someone has to go, I would say Collins is the last one in, so he might be the first one out. Kind of conversely, and this could be my closing question for you, which player are you most excited to see play in the preseason? This is going to be a very easy layup answer, but it's going to be the first-round draft pick, Nikhil Harry. Mm. Uh, it's, 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 it's been so long since the Patriots had a kind of a quote-unquote sexy pick in the first round, a, a big play receiver. And wide receiver, we've seen so many guys, Rich, so many good, talented, seasoned veterans come into New England and just be unable to pick the system up. They can't get on the same page as Tom Brady. They can't develop that rapport. You see rookies come in from Chad Jackson to Taylor Price to Aaron Dobson. I can Josh Boyce. You can go down the list of receivers that have come in, been drafted, or signed that just couldn't figure out the offense and getting on that Tom Brady level. And I'm hoping Keneal Harry, who's having an up-and-down camp, as a lot of rookies do, 
I'm hoping – did I say Keneal? <laughs> you did. <laughs> I can't – it's driving me nuts. I'm going to get it eventually. <laughs> Nikhil Harry, Nikhil Harry. I'm hoping he's going to shine. And I'm not looking for like a you know 1,200-yard, 10-TD rookie season, but I want Nikhil Harry to at least excel as a blocker, get his roots right, and kind of just show some flashes of why they picked, uh, picked him in the first round. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love for him to win the starting job outright and just never let it go for the rest of his illustrious 20-season Jerry Rice world-breaking career. Uh, but I don't have super high expectations. You know, I'm just asking for him to be the best wide receiver ever. And I, if he can't do that, <laughs> then why did we pick him? Um, yeah, no, I'm excited. Every time the Patriots get a, a shiny new toy for the offense, I'm always interested to see how they'll integrate in, how they'll fit, and how they'll develop over the course of the year because – not saying that it's written in stone after their first game out there, but you'll have an idea. You know, it's not over, but you'll know. You'll know a little bit of how they've been adjusting, how much Tom Brady trusts them, uh, whether they're forcing the relationship, if it's something that's a natural one. Uh, so we'll see that a little bit. Uh, I am curious to see Jarrett Stidham out there just because uh why not you know he, he was touted as having some of the most uh impressive talent at quarterback coming into the this uh his final year in college football but he lacked the consistency in order to put it all together and he was also hampered by an atrocious coaching staff so they had no idea how to utilize his abilities and they weren't out there masking any of his inadequacies and so if he can develop some consistency in the Patriots offense, I'm curious to see how he'll continue to grow. I don't expect him to bump out Brian Hoyer at any point, but uh, I would expect him to have at least, you know, three or four quarters worth of football by the end of the preseason. And I'm, I'm just excited to see how he develops. It's always fun watching quarterbacks who want Tom Brady play football in August. I completely agree with that. It should be a lot of fun. And it will not be long till we see that, Rich, because the first preseason game is a week away. Tom Brady may not even dress at all. It's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to breaking down that game with you and more next week. Absolutely. And we'll uh, have everything on patspulpit.com. And until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. Later, man. Later, man.